So let me ask you uh, a question, and this is a deeply spiritual question. Deeply spiritual, but what, uh, or rather, who is your favorite Sesame Street character? Who is your, who's your favorite character? I, I just, on the count of three, you just have to tell me, okay? So do you have it in your mind? Okay. One, two, three. Wow. That, you, that's, the, that's the most vibrant I've heard you all day, okay? Um, I, and, and those of you that said the grouch, I just rebuke that in Jesus' name. Um, how many of you watched, by, by the answer, it's like almost everybody in the room. How many of you watched Sesame Street as a kid? Did you, did you do that? Or, or as a parent, you are guilty of putting your kids in front of it to keep them busy for 15 minutes, okay, and so you, you, you oh, it's educational, it's educational, so you, you kind of justified it that way, um, but there, there was, um, I, I think my favorite was, uh, my favorite was uh, the count, because I could, I could use that voice with my kids, and Becca really seemed to like that for some reason, she would ask me to, to read in that voice, but but we we when we um, we watch that show, there's a there's a uh, there's a bit or a segment that they do on that that show, and they will they will show the picture of four different things. Okay, are you with me? Four things, um, and but but one of them one of those things just doesn't belong here. One of these things just doesn't belong. Um, one of these things just isn't the same. Now it's time to sing our song. Are you with me? Okay. All right. Some of you are like, dude, I'm going home and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google Sesame Street and watch some of this. Um, but we, we, some of you are like, no, that's okay. Um, but they, but they, they were teaching us something. Okay. They were teaching us what should have been obvious, um, but, but they're children, so maybe it wasn't obvious. But one of those things was a little bit different. And, and so I, when this idea came to my mind, I thought, well, I better go back and I better, you know, just, just listen to the song again and, and watch. And it, they had four balloons, okay? You know, one of these things just doesn't belong here. And I'm th they're teaching exclusion. You know, I've just, no, they really weren't. Um, but they, the one, one was red, the rest were blue. And so the red one wasn't the same. They were teaching us what's the difference between this and that. Are they the same or are they ultimately different? And so we need to, to in, in our series, we are trying to understand the difference between two things. And if I asked you, what is the book of Proverbs about? Your answer would, in one word, be what? Wisdom. But throughout the entire book of Proverbs, there is a comparison that is made consistently. In fact, it is a running commentary that, that looks at the difference between wisdom and folly. And so today we are going to look at the difference between wisdom and folly. And in order for us to foolproof our lives, we need to really understand what that difference is all about. And as I look through the book of Proverbs, 
And, and, and what I did is I, I noticed this, this comparative thing, and so I want to separate those comparative statements into three categories that I think will be helpful to you and I as we live our everyday life, as we live in pursuit of God's wisdom, as we desire to make our lives foolproof, I think these three categories will help us. The first category is this, uh, that there is a difference when it comes to wisdom and folly. There's a difference in our relationship to authority. Okay? There's a difference in the relationship to authority when it comes to the difference between wisdom and folly. Now, every one of us in this room is under some sort of authority. I'm just going to let that hang there for a minute. Because some of you right now, are, you're, you're actually doing a mental inventory. Okay? You're either saying, okay, yeah, I get that, and you're, you're figuring it out. Or you're saying, mm, no. I am under no one's authority. Let me say the statement again. Everyone in this room, everyone within the sound of my voice in this building, those who are watching on the internet right now, every single one, all under someone's authority. That is something that we cannot escape. There's, there's governmental authority. There's the authority of our employers. There's the authority of the school that we go to. There is parental authority. There's all sorts of different authorities. And if you think that you are not under any authority, just stop paying taxes. <laughs> just do it for a while, okay? I don't, I don't, I don't encourage... You will get the nicest letter from the IRS. Dear sir or madam... We have called to let you know that you have made a slight oversight in your finances. You stopped paying Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is a greedy family member who wants what he has coming to him. Okay? I assure you, you will understand that you are under authority. Try driving 80 miles an hour during a through a school zone when the yellow light is blinking. Okay? You are going to find out that you are under authority because somebody's going to pull you over and they're going to explain it to you very well. Try stealing from your employer. You're going to find out that you're under authority. Try bullying a classmate. You're going to find out that you are under authority. Now, I realize that making that statement that everyone is, is under authority, for some, that may be difficult for some, but, but let, me, let me make another statement that I, I don't think for most will be challenging, and that is this, that respect in our nation is ebbing lower and lower and lower, just in general, okay? Respect for authority, just ebbing lower. Um, recently, there were 33 parents that were charged with giving... $25 million in bribes to coaches and administrators to get their kids into college under what appeared to be scholarships. Now, in my simple brain, I'm simply saying this. 
if you can afford $25 million in bribes, just send your kid to the school, okay? You're not going to have to stand before a judge. You're not going to have to go to jail. They can blow off school if they want to, but just do, why, why do you have to bribe somebody to give them a scholarship that does not exist or that they have not earned? But there, there is this, this, this thought that, you know what? The, the rule of law does not apply to me. The rules in general do not apply to me. Middle school students refusing to obey, obey their teachers. And in those extreme cases when even a higher authority is called in, could be mom and dad, could be someone else that, that is uh, in the community that holds a position of authority, those students often not afraid to stand up and stand against that authority. Our police officers, our military personnel, disrespected in many cases. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. I, I want to just encourage you. You say, well, what can I do to, to really celebrate Veterans Day? I'll tell you, here's what you do. You will notice, and, and tomorrow this will be very true, there will be a lot of people that are wearing their military ball cap. And they're, they're usually pretty identifiable. It will, it will have, maybe it'll say World War II, or it'll say Vietnam or Korea, or it'll say something else, and it'll say either Marines or, or Navy or, or, or Army uh, or Air Force. It will say something on there. So they, that, what they're really doing is they're saying, I served. So when you see someone wearing that hat, and they don't wear them by accident, and they don't wear them unless they served, okay? What I want you to do is when you see that hat tomorrow, I want you to look that person in the eye, if it's in a store, if it's on the street, wherever it is, and I want you to extend your hand, and I want you to say thank you for serving. You will get a response that you never imagined. Because they are so used to being disrespected. When we show gratitude, when we show respect, it speaks to them. Throughout, uh, throughout the, the, the book of Proverbs, we see this stark contrast between wisdom and folly and how each of them respond to those who are in authority over their lives. Of, and I'm just going to give you this, and, and my, my real objective today was that this doesn't feel like a Bible study, okay? But I want to give you a few of the side-by-side -side comparisons of each. Of the wise, it says they are teachable, but the foolish answer before even listening. As a child, my, my dad, boy, he harped on me on that one. Kevin, you, you got to listen before you speak. I remember that time and time again. The wise accept commands. The foolish don't stop talking long enough to listen. We got to keep moving on from this talking stuff because it's so convicting for me. The wise listen to advice. The foolish believe their way to be right. The wise heed their father's instruction. The foolish does not respond to rebuke. The wise bring delight to his leaders. The foolish arouse the fury of his leaders. 
The wise person heeds life-giving correction. They listen to advice and accept discipline. Let me bring this into the New Testament for us for just a moment and read a couple of scriptures that I think are very important to us. The first one is 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17 where Peter says this, Show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor who? The emperor. The emperor. Peter is a Jew. He's a disciple of Jesus, and he's telling them to honor the emperor. Who are we talking about? What empire? The Roman Empire. He is telling them to honor Caesar. Romans chapter 13, verse 1, the apostle Paul says this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now these verses, okay, I'm going to just be honest, and, 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 and I, I feel like these verses rub Americans the wrong way. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to anybody? This country was founded on what? A revolution. No taxation without representation. The very existence of our country was founded on a revolution. We have flags of states and, and of movements within our country that said, don't tread on me. We, we have had our own issues of rebellion as a nation. Besides, those words were written by Peter and Paul 2,000 years ago. What do those guys know about it anyway? Well, I'll tell you what they know about it. Peter was crucified upside down by the Roman government. The apostle Paul was also killed by the emperor, by the Roman government. They gave their lives. Now, I want you to get this, okay? I want you to understand this. The first century Christians, they were commonly subject to a great deal of disrespect, and, and a massive fire breaks out in the city of Rome in AD 64. It burns for six nights and seven days. It, it destroys three-quarters of the city. The, ro the rumor is that, that the Roman emperor Nero, has, he's been responsible for setting the blaze, but Nero blames the Christians, who be, uh, and, and immediately he begins to hold them responsible. He has them arrested. He has them tortured. He has them turn on their friends, and as punishment, he does things to them like put on a, a, a skin of a wild animal and put them in the arena and they're torn apart by dogs. He loves chariot racing. And so he likes to have chariot races at night in his garden. And so he takes Christians, has them mounted to poles, dipped in oil and lit on fire in orders to have a chariot race at night to provide light for his guests. Now I want you to understand something. That what we read, we read 
what the Apostle Paul wrote in AD 65, himself an empire of the Roman citizen, and he writes this in AD 65, one year after that has begun, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he says this, I urge you then, first of all, that, petition, that uh, petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceably and quiet lives in all goodness and holiness. That's unbelievable. A year after all of this has begun, Christians are being killed, and Paul is writing this. In Proverbs, there is a difference between wisdom and foolishness, and how we relate to those who are in authority in our lives is a big part of that. It goes as far as to say this in Proverbs, that the wise accepts rebuke, and they will love you for it. When you rebuke a wise person, they will love you for the rebuke. But a foolish person will hate you for it. That's a pretty big difference. There are many in the course of history that have protested and done so with incredible respect. I don't want you to think that, that somebody can never have a, a, a difference of opinion. I want you to understand that, that even when we have a difference of opinion, even when God calls us to take a stand for something, that we can do so respectfully. That we can do so in a good relationship toward those who are in authority. In 15... Uh, 21, Martin Luther stood trial for his opinion on selling indulgences within the church. What, what, that meant that you could buy a piece of wood and they said that was really a part of the cross that Jesus was crucified on and because you own that, now you are forgiven of your sins. And Martin Luther said, no, this is not right. We cannot, we cannot allow this to happen. And, and they put him on trial for it and here's what he said. Unless I'm convicted by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant. Here I stand. Made a huge impact in Christianity. But he did so respectfully to those that he stood before. But the difference between wisdom and foolishness is that relationship, that attitude toward those who are in authority over us. Number two, the difference, there's a difference between wisdom and foolishness in, in the words that they speak. I want you to, to look at the reality uh, and the, some of the, the intricacies of the book of Proverbs. Do you know that that Proverbs says that the, the voice of folly is, is a woman's voice. Now, ladies, don't get mad. Because he also, Proverbs also says that the voice of wisdom is spoken in a woman's voice as well. Okay? So there's this voice that we hear throughout Proverbs. And we read it. Let me, let me just illustrate Proverbs chapter 9. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat 
at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Folly literally calls to those who listen to her. To heed the call of folly literally is to hear her voice and it leads us to death and to destruction. But we read in Proverbs chapter 8 about wisdom also in the voice of a woman where it says, Do not, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Through, uh, beside the gate leading into that city at the entrance she cries aloud to you O people I call out I raise my voice to all mankind you who are simple gain prudence you who are foolish set your hearts on it listen for I have trustworthy things to say I open my lips to speak what is right my mouth speaks what is true for my lips detest wickedness all the words of my mouth are just so like folly, wisdom calls out to all who will listen to her. But there's a vast difference between what they're saying. The wise, they don't say everything that they know just because they can. But the foolish will blurt out folly. The wise speaks knowledge, but the, fool, the foolish feed on folly. The wise stores up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish invites ruin. The tongue of the wise is a tree of life, but the perverse tongue of the foolish crushes the spirit. The words of the wise bring healing. The foolish are on the path of death. The wise speak words that protect. The foolish lash out in pride. The wise holds its tongue, but the foolish answers before listening. The wise brings calm to the situation. The foolish give vent to their full rage. Let's bring this back to the New Testament again. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus tells the good man, he said that the good in, a, in you, it, it brings forth good things out of the good that is stored up in your heart. When we speak good things, they come from the good that we have stored up inside our own hearts in our own lives. We read in James about the tongue. We read that, that literally that this tongue, this thing that's a member of our body, gets us in a lot of trouble. And in chapter 3, here's what he said beginning at verse 6 and then jumping down to verse 8 said, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole body, the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Jumping to verse 8, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
In Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, going back to Luke, Jesus said this, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The words that come out of our mouth are coming from what's been stored up in our hearts. And if those are words of wisdom, they will sound like wisdom. If those words are folly, they will sound like folly. The difference between the two are in the words that we speak. When we speak, we're speaking from what's been stored up inside of us. We're speaking from what is in our heart. Whether they be wisdom or folly, they come from what's inside us. And then finally, there's a difference in their actions. The actions of wisdom and the actions of folly. The presence of godly wisdom in our lives will produce actions that are different than foolishness. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, it says, But wisdom is proved right by her actions. There's another place where we see the difference between foolishness and, and wisdom. That's in our actions. What do those actions look like? How are they different from one another? As we scour the book of Proverbs, we see these actions compared side by side. The, the, the actions of wisdom and the actions of foolishness and the actions of wisdom bring joy. Don't you love it when your kids do something that brings you joy? The difference between kids and grandkids is all you got to do with your grandkids is look at them and they automatically bring you joy. Your kids, they got to do something. You know what I'm saying? They got to do something. And then, oh, yes, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm excited. When, you, when, we're, when we get older and we see that grandkid, they just have to be there, okay? But they bring us joy. Foolishness brings grief, the Bible says. The wise are patient. The foolish are quick-tempered. The wise produce a fountain of life. The foolish produce punishment. The wise save lives, but the foolish are dangerous. The wise earn reward, but the foolish suffer alone. The wise makes others wise by the things that they do. The companion of fools suffer harm. The wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but the foolish person is hot-headed and feels no danger when they are such. The wise seek out knowledge and wisdom. The foolish are led astray, the Bible says. The, fool, the wise rather store up the future, for the future, but the foolish gulp down whatever they have. The wise prevail with great power. The foolish flee, though no one is chasing. The wise inherit honor, but the foolish only get shame. I want to remind you of a story that many of us read while we were in Sunday school as children. And the best part of it is in the verse where it gets started. It's from Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You know the story, right? The story of the wise man, the story of the foolish man. 
Verse 25, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. That makes me think about some of the great buildings that are built today. The tallest building in the world is in Dubai. It's more than a half mile tall. 2,700 feet, twice the size of the Empire State Building. And the secret to its stability is its massive underground foundation. For a year, they worked digging and pouring the foundation. 58,900 58, cubic yards of concrete weighing over 110,000 tons. That building is safe because of its foundation. Wisdom and foolishness have different actions. They have different foundations. That story, that Bible story that, that we not only read about, we sang about that when we were kids, okay? We sang about that because the rain came down and the floods came up. We sang about that. Jesus said it's all about taking my words and putting them into practice. The one who builds on a solid foundation, it's going to last. You know, I'm reminded that in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Speaking of Jesus, that, that Word, Word. Putting His words into action. Putting Jesus into action in our lives. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 1 says, The wise woman builds her house with her own hands, but, the, but with her own hands the foolish woman tears hers down. Wisdom builds a house. Foolishness tears it down. So what's the difference between wisdom and foolishness in our lives? It's how we relate to authority. It's what we say. And it's the words, the, the actions in our life. And, and it's not, I need to seek wise actions, although maybe it can work in reverse, but they just flow out of us. When we are living and following godly wisdom, those actions come out of us. And so today, if you are saying, you know, man, I, I've, there are things in my life, I, I want God's answers, I want godly wisdom, and you're seeking God for those answers, I believe that he has those answers for us. And that literally he desires us to, to put his word into practice. 